Hey, everybody. Welcome to Raw Observations. I am Rob Liefeld. We talk comics, pop culture, uh, movies, toys. Uh, Power Records got an entire episode. It's one of my favorites. It's those records with ding, turn the page, and they 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 acted out comic books with the Hulk and Captain America and all that sort of stuff. But um, t t today's episode it, it is not about Power Records. It is about the sequel to the single greatest comic book uh, epic graphic novel. It was it was it was actually you know it, it came out at a time when I actually think it helped define graphic novels. Certainly, there were graphic novels prior to that and it, that, that people would argue and say, no, no, this was a graphic novel. This was a graphic, but, but dark Knight, the dark Knight returns by Frank Miller launched in 1986. It's it's chief com competitor was Watchmen, but Watchmen was a comic book and it was released in 12 individual comic books over the course of the better part of a year. But dark Knight was, uh, two, th four, 48 page, what, what, what came to be called, you know, um, perfect bound, square bound. Um, but, but for so long, people called it the Dark Knight format, the Dark Knight format. Oh, man, creators would be like, yeah, my new project is coming out in a Dark Knight format. But anyway, Dark Knight by Strike, uh, sorry, Dark Knight Returns hit the comics world like a lightning bolt. Rolling Stone covered it extensively, reviewed it, the mainstream press, and it it really changed the course of comics. It, it is a, a a one of the most influential works in the in the in the, in the in the realm of comic books that we have ever experienced, and it left a definite mark, a trail. It, it blazed a path, but Frank did not come back to this uh, for fifteen years. And today, along with me is Mr. Jimmy J, he of the amazing comic cons of 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 J Company Comics. Uh, you can you you see him selling you comics in person at the Frankenstein show online through his Facebook groups and his amazing comic cons, which are going to get back up and running when shows can start again for everybody, uh, hopefully in the very near future. Welcome, Mr. Jimmy J. Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm stoked to be here. Thanks, Rob. Jimmy, you and I bonded over this comic we're going to discuss today. This, this, uh, you know, the Dark Knight Strikes Again was the sequel. You know, I want to say it was two thousand and one. Was it two thousand and one? I think it, it was, was two thousand and one. Yeah, two thousand one and two thousand two. Is what, by the time it 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 finished, we uh we 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 got Frank to come back to Batman, which uh for for those of you who were around or for those of you who were not we will revisit the fact that dark knight came out and at the same time miller in the middle towards the towards the end but it was middle end of dark knight uh returns that he did batman year one with david mazzuccelli who he had done a seminal daredevil storyline with born again and uh and so he does batman year one with david mazzuccelli and those are like the the bookmarks uh, uh, of his giant influence on Batman. And then he doesn't do it for 15 more years. At least, at least in my memory, it's 15 years. Absolutely. Will, sorry to jump in. It just yeah. seemed like that was supposed to be the beginning of Batman, year one. And Dark Knight was supposed to be the last story. 
So it's like, is there is there room for a sequel? I, I don't know. So what we're going to do here today is we are going to walk through um, the sequel uh, to, to, to the greatest comic book of all time. And, and again, I just want to revisit the, 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 you know, so the Justice League, the Snyder Cut is coming out this weekend and and it gives us our our longest uh it it really does give the most extensive we, we visit with ben affleck's batman the most he's consistent with the batman that we saw in superman batman in terms of the visual representation and ben affleck i think is is not only the best batman we've had on screen but he's the best bruce wayne you, you get a lot of great bruce wayne bits but when, whether you've seen it or not it doesn't matter at this point for our discussion he is most definitely Zack Snyder has brought Frank Miller's Batman to life, a uh, more more powerful figure, not the lean, I would say very skinny, lean at least, Batman pre-Dark Knight of the Jim Apero era, Detective Comics, Brave and the Bold, even the Neil Adams, which which was longer, leaner. Frank Frank's Batman was had 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 was was squatty had some stature, had some weight on him. He was meatier and, and had the short, the short pointy ears, not the long pointy ears, the long bad ears. And uh, that's the representation. So, so, so it's, it's just funny that as we're doing this, the bottom line is, Frank, there, 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 there's Dark Knight, you know, pre, there's Batman pre-Dark Knight and there's Batman post-Dark Knight. And we've talked about this, Jimmy. Stephen King pointed this out, how he brought... Frank brought Batman back to relevance, and that is really one of the biggest achievements of Dark Knight is how ridiculously popular Batman was again overnight after kind of having a cooling off period. Um, and, and and you and I have discussed this at length. So to me, that's in, I was going to say that was in the the Batman number issue number four hundred. He wrote Stephen King wrote that forward. We talked about it, and it's just, again, Batman was, you know, it's like he was afraid that it was going the way of the Dodo. Um, I mean, with all the cancellations and everything like that with the various Bat titles, you know, that was going on at DC in the early 80s, it was definitely a contraction um, of titles as opposed to, you know, I mean, now it seems like their entire line, the DC line, is all Batman and Batman-related. But I think that has everything to do with, with Frank Miller bringing it back into into pop culture relevance. He does Dark Knight. You have things like Rolling Stone uh, magazine is, is covering it. And it becomes cool to check out comic books again. I mean, it's it's comic books are, are the are the start of pop culture. And, uh, you know, Frank Miller is the beginning of that. And, and, and again, it was it was the format, the 48 page square bound, really slick cardstock cover, really great printing. Painted color from Lynn Varley, uh, yeah, Lynn Varley, uh, over over Frank's work. It reunited him with Klaus Janssen. Although by the end of the the, the series, as there, there is a handsome, magnificent um, uh, art edition, a giant, giant eleven by seventeen, maybe bigger, maybe like twelve by eighteen book that Graffiti uh, Graffiti Designs did. That is is such an amazing representation. Uh, just has at least 75% of the art of Dark Knight, if not all of it. Um, and it has overlays towards the end, issues three and four. Frank definitely saw things different than the way the final product was being 
uh, given back to him by his longtime collaborator, Klaus Janssen, and wanting to push the envelope, Frank would, um, with vellum, would draw over, whether it was Superman, Batman, Joker, Robin. He absolutely, it, 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 um, he did overlays in regards to uh, those overlays were the final art. He would redraw faces, figures. He would redraw, you know, the, the, there's some stuff that, that was happening in the sewers and the, the inked pages that Klaus gave him depict what clearly Frank had drawn, which was open kind of water that was to be colored blue, like any water was. Well, then in these overlays, he decided, now I'm going to make it black. I'm going to take black ink and, and with some white out and white paint highlights, put swirls in the water, but it's going to be a more graphic image, heavy, you know, the, the, the black areas, the water became black, so it was more of a potent graphic image on the page. Frank did all sorts of alterations towards the end because he was already kind of moving his style in a different direction. Frank's always been bold and very daring with his art in a way that I think most people aren't. Uh, I know I'm not. I know a lot of my peers aren't, but Frank never sits still. And uh, But, but it, whether it was the art or the concept, the old Batman coming out of retirement, revisiting his old villains who are also released from whether it was Arkham Asylum with Joker and then of course the all-important conflict with Superman that 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 I think we all got really energized by. I know I know I really love Dark Knight but that Batman Superman conflict that kicked up in in issues 3 and 4 were the reason I I love it so much. The, the, so so basically the last 100 pages if you if you call it 200 pages the last 100 pages is what made Dark Knight to me not just like great but but epic and i i think there is the you know dark knight started out as a lot of you know classic comic book tropes you know it's with with um with two-face and you know and even the joker you know battles you know these are and even the mutants the mutant leaders it's it is i mean it's great it's you know the i mean the action is 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 amazing and it's it the scale is really big, but then I think the, you know, the idea of Superman, you know, Superman versus Batman, it made it dangerous, and it, it made it dangerous. It made it political. It made it, you know, a statement: which side are you on? You know, like you know what you know what is heroism, and 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 I think I mean it, it definitely, you know, pushed a lot of buttons, and I, I think you know once we get into you know DK two. It is about pushing all of those, you know, it's it's about even pushing that even further, you know, than what we've seen in the past. So for you guys who aren't um, as familiar, uh, again, as Jimmy said, the, fir the first two Dark Knights, because we, really we, we have to revisit the first one to get the, the juice on, 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 on this, on the second one. That the first uh, two issues of Dark Knight, we introduced Batman is retired, he's older, um, Robin has died. And, and he feels great guilt and, and remorse, and, and it's heavy on him, and, and, and no one in Gotham has seen him in forever. When he reemerges to take out, uh, 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 who, who's the guy in the, it's not the Riddler, it's... Um, oh, Harvey Dent. Uh, Two-Face. Two-Face is the, the guy in the first issue, and we get some great little, you know, clever uh, off where he plays against the trope, that the, the idea that why is there a bat in the center of his chest and how we we learn you know it's 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 where he wants you to shoot at him it's where he knows you're going to take your best aim and it's padded with kevlar it's it, it great stuff we introduced carrie kelly 
who's the female, becomes the female Robin. Joker's involved in the second issue. But but then, as we know, as we've heard, as John Byrne, who was really good friends, and it's, I mean, again, it's like, it's like, a, you know, uh, it, it, John Byrne and Frank Miller are, are, are like DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, I'm not saying that one of them is the driver, but but we when we watch the movie, we, we see Dalton and, and we don't just see the characters. We see Brad Pitt, giant movie star, hanging out with DiCaprio, giant movie star. They're Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Another another analogy. Okay, that that Frank and John were were tight from 1979 on. They shared stories, competitions. You know, as as Frank redefined Batman, John redefined Superman in the biggest PR campaign that comics had ever seen. So he was definitely definitely aware of what was going on. I've told you these guys would come in and out of ballrooms arm in arm, like. The best of, yes, I'm going to say chums. Uh, in, in the 90s, when I was, you know, there entering with my image brethren, we'd they'd come out of the double doors of the of the, of the ballroom, and they're obviously very close. So I give great credit to when John Byrne says that when Frank Miller got a hold of the Watchmen stuff, and it makes sense why the shift was there, and also in the shipping schedule, Dark Knight 3 and 4, and we've covered this in another, another Dark Knight uh podcast that you guys should definitely uh, uh, listen to. It's it's when we really go through all of the details of Watchmen and Dark Knight and the parallels and when they were released. Jimmy and I both did that. It's a very lively, awesome, fun. It's one of my funnest, most entertaining uh, episodes. I really enjoy revisiting it, but we have to kind of walk you back through some of this because John Byrne says that when Frank saw this stuff, that he um, immediately integrated much of the political stuff that Frank that, that Alan was doing. And remember, Watchmen has a lot of political stuff. It's got Nixon has an extra term. He's still the president. It's got, you know, the Cold War. It 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 he he really Alan is really um putting the politics of the day in, into the into the into the series. And so suddenly when Dark Knight 3, which is a little delayed, comes out a little later, we've got this this Ronald Reagan, who's still president, extra terms, and 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 Superman. And I, I remember. I mean, we all kind of were shocked. He is a puppet of the government. I mean, and and, and portrayed as such, that he serves at the at the whim of this much older Reagan, but who is very much in power. He's dark. Uh, uh, Clark Kent and Superman are dismantling nukes, um, and we get the great sequence where they go horseback riding, and Clark says, "Look, don't make me try and take you down." And Bruce says, "Don't." You know, I, I I would hate for you to even try that. And we're like, whoa, Bruce Wayne. It's playing off the long world's finest uh, aspect that they had because for so long they shared a comic book at DC Comics called World's Finest. It ran for ages. It always featured the two of them teamed up. That's that they were the world's finest. And the reason we're bringing this up and bringing it back up is because this plays directly. It's like um, Frank hits this note again hard as we open up Dark Knight Strikes again. Jimmy, what was the buildup to this sequel in your in your memory in 2000 when, when Frank announced that after 15 years of Sin City and 300 and completely generating all this independent work that he was going to make this giant pact and come back? How, how do you remember that? Okay, the amount of hype I would put onto this for me would be like the Star Wars prequels. It's like, oh my gosh, this is this is 
you know, something that we have been waiting for. It is, it's Frank Miller coming back. It's a homecoming event. You know, he's coming back to DC. Here's his coronation. And I was always a dark night guy. So, I mean, of course, you know, I was going to, to be there for this. And, you know, they didn't show tons of promo artwork. I mean, it's, it's, they would show like, you know, the fist up in the air that's defiant. And so, Again, I think it was more, you know, played everybody's imagination that much more. And so I think for a lot of people, you know, they wanted to see, you know, what was going to happen. You know, Dark Knight Returns ends with with uh, Bruce in the, you know, in the Batcave, in the sewers with the, you know, with a new generation of of Terry Kelly and a new generation of the Sons of Batman, you know, you know, planning and, you know, I think that people wanted a, were expecting more superhero adventures. And I don't think Frank necessarily wants to play to anybody's expectations whatsoever once we actually got DK2. But that level of hype and that level of anticipation was just like fans waiting for, you know, waiting for Star Wars Episode One. you know, after, you know, that, you know, that long time off. And, and again, you know, the, the, those expectations of where Dark Knight, how they felt about Dark Knight Returns and, you know, putting it on the pedestal that I think it, it, it definitely deserves. But putting it on a pedestal made that bar so incredibly high for for anything to, to achieve that. I, I definitely, it's a great take. I agree with the whole thing about the Star Wars prequels because that was a giant deal. We've been waiting for years and years and years for George to revisit his most storied, you know, uh, uh, franchise, his most storied achievement. And, and so again, after, after Frank, Frank produced a lot of work in the nineties. If, if you're listening to this, I mean, umpteen Sin City volumes, hunt, I mean, I have, I'm looking right now on my shelf, the Sin City, uh, the, 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 the big, what do they call it? The like, whatever, big damn Sin City. I can't read it from here. I have my glasses on, but it's, it's bigger than, it's like a phone book and a half. And, 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 it, and, and it's got, it's got 2,000 pages. I think there's 2,000 pages of Sin City in there. Then he goes on and does 300, does lots of covers, does covers for Valiant, does covers for the Image Guys, does covers for me, for for uh, for, for Profit. He writes comics with Todd. He does the, I guess he does Batman in, in those Spawn crossovers. I, I But but he wasn't drawing Batman. And, and, and it's, it's like Frank's Batman has to be, for me, you know, he has to write it and draw it for it to really, um, you know, resonate. I, I like Batman Year One. It does not in any way, shape, or form. And I know there's, you know, some really, you know, very the 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 illiterati, the literati among us. You know, Batman Year One is the far uh, more refined work because it's by Mazzuchelli. Ah, bullshit. I'm I'm Dark Knight all the way. I love the visceral actions. I love uh, I love the big concepts. I love the new the new characters like Carrie Kelly. I love all that stuff. That that that's my jam. So the fact that he was going to come back and do a proper sequel, uh, I remember everybody was thrilled. And uh, only a few images. And prior to that, in, uh, in, in 1996, DC had re-released some a really handsome slipcover. I was going through it earlier tonight, uh, reprinting, giving everyone a new edition of Dark Knight. So we should you know let everybody know that that, that was definitely... Um, you know that 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 was a very that was a very big deal, um, 
that 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 uh, that that Dark Knight was in this new format in this really brilliant hardcover slip case with these other addendums. So so they were definitely you know keep it keeping it. They were they gave it a refresher. It wasn't there was no new footage. It, it wasn't was like also it, this was this was the first time that you know. Because this, you talked about it earlier as this was kind of the reintroduction of the graphic novel, and I'm putting that in air quotes. This was the first graphic novel that many that that people had that many people were introduced to, you know, a you know a longer format. So when they did a 10th anniversary, that was a big deal because this was the first time that anything was being revisited again. Um, because it, I mean, again, it was such at the forefront. The, the, uh, you know, you know, that, that I, I remember the thing that I really liked about it. Like I was going to say, there's no new footage. He didn't George Lucas it, or even like Steven Spielberg did when he re-released ET on its anniversary in the early two thousands, there was no new footage. Um, he just did some nice new covers and illustrations and it really did make you like, Oh man, I wish to God, uh, that, that there'd be more of this. And then, so here it comes 2001. He gives us more. So we have spent the first quarter of this podcast refreshing why we believe that you should be as excited as we were for this. And truth be told, I just got to just underscore, underscore, underscore. In my humble opinion, as a comic book fan and as a comic book peer, I look at it I, that no matter how I look at this, I see it the same. Frank Miller is the single most successful comic book creator uh, since Jack Kirby. And when you consider that he has had two Sin City films, uh, two 300 films, the Daredevil film with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, whether you like it or not, reflected his aesthetic and his dr drastic reboot of the character in the late 70s, early 80s. Then you've got the Netflix series, which is almost, the first two seasons are almost exactly just filming his multi-year uh, 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 storyline that, 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 that brought Daredevil to the top of the charts from, from almost canceled to top selling Marvel book. That's those, those Charlie Cox, Netflix, uh, especially seasons one and two. Fantastic. Just unbelievable. Um, and now you've got the Snyder, uh, you know, depictions of, of Batman that are so pre prevalent that are so modeled on Frank's work that it, it's like, I just, and then he directed a movie called The Spirit. So, so Frank is as accomplished, decorated, celebrated, and and as as popular as anyone uh, since I've been a fan. Uh, he he continues to push the envelope. He he generally zigs where you think he's going to zag. That's what I love about him. And that brings us to the Dark Knight Strikes Again, which we're going to discuss the proper version, and then we're going to discuss this re-release. Uh, that, that that they did a few years back in a Batman Noir. Batman Noir is a series of reprints that they do. That's just the black and white art. So so Dave Finch has a Batman Noir. Tim Sale has a Batman Noir. Frank Miller obviously got two of them. And and the Dark Knight Strikes Again, which is printed just from Frank's inks, is a completely different viewpoint of this book, in my opinion. It and I and I kind of believe it would have been. Um, received differently. We're going to get to the reception of this, Jimmy. Um, but
but that's not what 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 drives me what drives me on dark night is and i think you and i and this is when we really super bonded we'd been buddies for about you know five six years but i think our our genuine love of this was was something that really like bonded us further so so what were your first thoughts when you when you picked up dark knight strikes again when it when it when it arrived you either got it or you didn't get it man and that's how i felt about about uh you know dk2 and the thing that i loved about it the big ideas okay it's like you go through here and it's jam-packed actually with a lot more than just batman it is very much of a dc universe like justice league type where it's like he's taking out all the toys out of the chest and he is putting them in scenarios and situations that i never dreamt were, were possible and every it's like like frank miller is so is so creative that it's like his kind of i mean it's like his fingernail clippings would be you know would be like the like the greatest dc stories that would like could have its own you know spin-offs upon spin-offs upon spin-offs and what i'm saying in here is like you see what happens to the atom and it's like that could be its own series and it's just a it's a cool sequence in you know one of the dark knight 2 number one you know stories what happened to the flash great you know you know these great you know stories i want to hear actually and see more because man it's these ideas these big ideas that blew my head blew the doors off of everything you know before or since for that matter no no it's it's um you really hit it on the nail when he really expands the universe i think i think he knows and, and imagine the discipline that it took for him for 15 years not to actually act on this but he knew that one of the things that drove us absolutely batty about his first Dark Knight was not only the, the depiction of Superman, but the reveal that Superman had taken uh, Green Arrow's arm off. Green Arrow himself is is furious with Superman that that, and we find that in the fourth issue uh, that he took his arm off. So so when Green Arrow shoots arrows and is lying in wait, um, and he's pulling you know, him back with his teeth. I mean, and pulling him with his feet. He's badass. Um, that, 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 you know, that was a big deal. Like, like Frank did these, just scratched on some of these, um, these reveals and, and we lost, we lost our minds. Like, and, and so Dark Knight Strikes again, like you said, first of all, it opens hardcore with another, um, dose of his, uh, his take on politics and, um, and it frames it with the politics of the time, political figures, some we recognize. So he's doing he's doing a little bit of his caricatures, and uh, and he's got all these different um, you know uh, political leaders talking on you know bills of bill of rights and 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 and, and political notions, and and then you've got he he always he really has these, um, in in so 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 TRL, the the on MTV. Total Request Live, and shows like it had been huge with very sexy women. I mean, it all started with Downtown Julie Brown and MTV in the '80s, but it, it really accelerated. And 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 we would call them again because I had family members in my who, who were trying out to be hosts. 
being a host was a thing now. And I, again, I, you know, I was in a hotel room in Texas this last week. There was nothing on. It's a Saturday night. I've pulled into my hotel, driven from one city to the next. I drop my bags down. I click the TV on. It takes me to uh, a show I don't watch, but it's called um, The Mass The Mass Singer. And there's Jenny McCarthy, one of the tarts, you know, from the 90s, sexed up, always high heel, short, short, short skirt on this dating show with Chris Hardwick in the, in the 90s, singled out. And then you've got Nicole Scherzinger, who's another, you know, at, at some point, the, 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 the media called her another pop tart. She was another pop tart from a show called Pop Stars. And, and, and look, they're glamorous. They're beautiful. Um, the, 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 the pretty girl on, who, who now sits as a judge on every show. And, and, and Frank is kind of doing his comment on where that had been taken already because there's always these sexy hosts in, in the Dark Knight political pages. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Um, no, yeah. And then, I mean, and, and he carries them through in the entire series, like whether that they are little, like, like anime girls or whether that they are, or, um, you know, he dresses them up as superheroes, you know, and cosplayers. I mean, it's like he's like before even the cosplay curve, you know, with the host, um, you know, the hostesses and the hosts, you know, of these, you know, of these of these television programs. He's very media savvy. He is very Frank is very aware of of how influential the media is. I mean, even when he depicts Brainiac uh, with all of his circuitry and everything like that. It's almost as if he is one. It's like one of those like diseased creatures, creature men from three hundred, but instead it's technology that it's you know that is you know warping Brainiac. So he, I mean, he he opens the second issue of Dark Knight Strikes Again with this uh, beautiful girl who is naked, um, and a and a Superman logo is on her her buttocks. It is across her two cheeks, and and it says superhero chic. How far will it go? And it's the cover of the Daily Planet magazine. So you've got this femme fatale kind of very sexy woman with a Superman logo on her bare cheeks. And then when you go inside, these um, th there's a girl. Her name is Wonder Chick. And it says chat live with Wonder Chick. So he's already kind of really incorporating the, the, the computer technology of the day in 2001, reflecting kind of the internet at, at, at you know, where we're transitioning from like MTV cable style coverage and all through this opening second issue sequence to underscore the political part. He's got um, Chris Matthews, who no longer is on CSNBC or MSNBC, but he was until a couple of years ago and certainly was a giant voice in the late nineties, early two thousands. He's got George Will, uh, a notable uh, political commentator. And um, who, who, who's the guy that got taken off the air? Um, he was a shock jock named Don something. Um, Imus. He's got a Don Imus guy. It's it's again. He doesn't name them, but he's he's having fun with caricatures. This is this is um Frank really leaning into kind of this Mad Magazine um aesthetic. There, there's a there's a girl on the next page called Bat Chick. Get ready to chat with Bat Chick in you know WW Super Chicks rule. So when you talk when Jimmy and I are talking about this, and we're definitely dancing around it because we don't want to you know offend anybody. We are literally only reviewing what is in front of us and how Frank has chosen to depict what I call these host girls. I believe this is definitely his take on TRL, on 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 where the sexy game show host. I mean, look, it all started with Vanna White. Um, but so so that opens both issues. Um, more of a political bend in the first issue and then really goes into this 
again, the, the super chic and, and, and wonder chick and bat chick with issue two. But, but like Jimmy said, once we segue out of the politics that he really, you know, he wants to tell you, I'm going to be making political commentary on technology, on cable news, on in this new sequel. Because uh, because in I've always talked about this in the original Dark Knight, Jimmy, those those TV screens. Now, he co-opted them slightly from Howard Chaikin's American flag. But then the image guys, myself, Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane started incorporating those those television screen images. It was a great way. It was a, I mean, it's literally a storytelling technique. He uh, pioneered and 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 we all cribbed because, I mean, we were always everyone's biting off Frank 24 seven. But once we get, get from that, like you said, we introduce Ray Palmer, the Adam, but we're not quite sure it's the Adam, right? Well, what I this is what what I think is, is interesting because it's like, you know, the, the book is called, you know, DK2, Dark Knight, you know, you know, Dark Knight Strikes Again. I'm expecting, you know, Batman, 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 and Batman. And instead, we go through this the sequence that it looks like something, you know, possibly out of 300, you know, but even more like 300 meets, you know, fantasy. It's like, you know, a savage fighting, you know, fighting, you know, you know, crazy, you know, crazy giant monsters. And again, I wasn't expecting this. And then the big reveal happened. And that's the, that's, that's when DK2 kicked my ass and I became a fan is because then they reveal that it was Ray Palmer, the Atom, in a Petri dish. And so this big, giant, epic, several page, you know, you know, fight, you know, you know, savage man versus, versus tentacle monster, you know, turns out to be something that, you know, is happening, you know, on a microscopic level. I mean, yeah, again, my, so, my so, mind. So the monsters that Ray Palmer, who looks very disheveled, he's, he's just shy of being, Tom Hanks in uh, in Castaway, how bearded and long his hair and scruffy he is, but he is the monsters he's fighting are indeed, like you said, microbes. They're microbes, and uh, and and the petri dish reveal is is again it's 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 just you just go man Frank just operates on a different level than than so many other creators, and it is why we continue to always grab. Everything he does, first day of release, right? We we we, we and, just continue. And further, that pe okay, and even one more step beyond it, it just being a petri dish. It's like that was his prison that he was in, and you're like going, he's imprisoned, yeah, because it's a jailbreak. So instead of just doing a standard jailbreak, you know, and and I listened to the Zack Snyder, you know, the the Zack Snyder um, podcast that you did, and so I of course ran, you know, ran back and and you know, rewatch Watchmen. And I love the, the, the jailbreak sequence in that movie. Uh, you know, it was a great sequence in, in the, uh, the Watchmen book, but Frank Miller doesn't do a jailbreak like anybody else. You know, Carrie Kelly, who's now cat girl is doing a jailbreak at, for Ray Palmer out of a Petri dish who he had to fight giant, you know, it, it looked like giant monsters, but again, you know, you know, these were microbes. So, I mean, it's just, it's like, one idea after another idea after another idea it's like it, again it's like you know how you know how much could your mind take on this the, the, go, going back to the fact that we so, so he he gets he he's released from the petri dish he rises he gets he gets 
he gets um when he's in the in the petri dish he is microscopic but then he's now kind of like three to four inches tall he rises and that's when this is our big reveal like you said that carrie kelly is facing him and actually says greets him welcome pat welcome back professor palmer and then he says where am i and she says you're in a lab the enemy used your own technology to imprison you but as you said this is our first big reveal head to toe that she's not robin anymore carrie kelly we left behind as the female badass robin that is no way she is dressed more like the traditional version of cheetah looked in the comics for 30 years the cheetah character that battled wonder woman not the christian wig um variation that reflects kind of the the evolution that she became a cat she the original cheetah used to wear a, a orange cheetah costume and frank is definitely playing off that here but she is cat girl Catwoman, the new one like you said and so th that that's cool we were like oh she's not robin she's 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 adopted a new identity and and again she immediately kicks off with underneath her boots are rollerblades which provides frank these awesome action sequences that he immediately you know peels off with with ray palmer you know in carrie kelly's hand and she's cat girl cat woman and she's battling all these security officers as like you said she makes the break to get ray out of out of the high-tech lab where he's been imprisoned and 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 again you know I, I i've said you know zach snyder one of the giant tenants of his career what made him so successful was his action choreography um you know the the, the same tenants of what david leach from Atomic Blonde and Deadpool 2 and co-director of, of John Wick number one and and uh and the John Wick films. I mean, we now hang on all these at this action choreography. And Frank does it better than anybody. Um and, and and this opens up this giant action scene. So we got an action scene with Ray Palmer against micro monsters that we didn't understand what it was, but then we get this awesome Carrie Kelly, you know, it shows how confident she's become. How capable of a fighter she is, and and uh, and 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 she breaks Roy Palmer out, and, it, and it's it's great fun. You and I, we love the gestures. So many people get hung up on the polish, and the polish is the rendering. Whether it's Neil Adams at his peak, you know, I, I maintained for a long time that again, you grab Muhammad Ali, Superman. There's not a comic book that has matched that since. I think it was Neil's ultimate achievement greater than any of his green lantern his 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 batman his x-men work um it, it is such a ridiculous the faces the action the anatomy the imagination the technology the the, the weaponry the machinery it, it is neil adams on full tilt showing us what the greatest comic book of all time looks like it's beautifully polished from there you know depend in the 80s we go for the really slick line between bob layton and terry austin and everything in between is this really slick, wet line, and it clearly attracts the eyeballs of people like you and me. Um, you know, Jim Shooter said that Terry Austin inks on a cover was good for a 15,000 sale boost. I mean, I, I believe it. Jim Jim knew what he was talking about. That is that is important data. But whether it was the, the, the shinier, crispier inks, and then that kicked into the image era and, and the way we depicted our stuff. And, and in between, Art Adams was an ambassador for that really clean sheen and, and, and the polish. 
And, and Frank here, I mean, we got to talk because again, he radically has changed his style again. It, this is, this is somewhere beyond where he left Sin City. I mean, it's, it's a little, it's got a little 300 in it. 300 didn't look like Sin City. Um, it, it, and, 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 and in interviews, Frank said, and I specifically remember he was going to, his biggest influences on his work at that time was Tony Millionaire, James Kolchaka. Uh, I mean, like underground guys at the time in the late nineties, early two thousands. And we can see it, but it's more in the finishes because what Frank hasn't lost is his ridiculous ability to lay out a page and, and draw the best gestures in comics. And, and I think that's what you and I would just fawn over is, is these incredible action scenes and incredible gestures. Okay. I'm not a creator. I'm not a peer. I'm just a fan, but it seems like, Frank Miller is always on to the next thing. And that's what it feels like. If you flip through any of these issues, it's like, it's like, it's almost as if he is going as quickly as he can to get out all of these, again, big ideas in these books. So instead of like, like, you know, like noodling a page over and over and over and over, it's, you know, how can I top the next sequence? How can I, you know, go from Carrie Kelly to, you know, the Bat Boys later on in the, in the series, in the, in the, excuse me, in the first issue, you know, how can I, you know, have a, you know, great sequence with Superman. It's like, it seems like that he is always on to the next thing, you know, before, you know, before he even, like, you could even digest, you know, the crazy action sequence. It's like, he's putting, he's putting you through another cycle, whether it's, you know, other crazy ideas or whether it's, you know, inserting a, you know, his, you know, his vibe of politics or whether it's, it's, I'm going to put together another, you know, sequence of splash pages and, and, uh, you know, fight sequences. It just seems like he's always on to the next thing. So he, he, it doesn't seem that he is as concerned of necessarily finishing out the page or noodling the page, something that, you know, you know, he might've been interested in doing, you know, 10 years earlier, 20 years earlier, 25 years earlier in his career. Just seems like he's on to the next. His pacing is, is at a breakneck speed. And, and so we come out of that Carrie Kelly, excellent action choreography scene. And we are reintroduced to Frank Miller's version of Superman, which again, the Superman element of the original dark Knight really was fantastic because let's let's face it superman was more sinister in dark knight he was more sinister the threats that he made on bruce were not stuff that we were familiar with uh, apparently even again mr i've got the control the reins of bat uh, of superman mr john byrne was in interviews going yeah i'm not crazy about how he's depicting superman because he's not the boy scout he's an asshole he is a complete um authoritarian dick and we which makes us root for when Bruce is like, don't even try it, man. And, and when we finally see in Dark Knight, in the original Dark Knight, the planning that Batman puts in to take down Bruce, it's genius. And it only reinforces how, why we like Batman is because he's so brilliant. But Frank immediately, he knows we have to see his depiction of Superman and he's saving the space shuttle. Uh, when, when we, when we in, are introduced in, in this Dark Knight Strikes Again, he's, he's saving the space shuttle. And again, here it is. The news is being covered by a naked 
anchor woman and the name of the broadcast is news in the nude i i mean honestly this stuff was so just completely uh prophetic frank 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 knew how much this is also the age of maxim magazine um uh there was another one besides maxim there's i mean the the a barnes and noble let alone the the when you fly on the on an air flight the hudson news the rack was filled with them whether it's maxim magazine fhm gear you name it there was a ton of men's magazines that was that was all aimed to you know to, to titillate you know you know this is obviously an era before instagram no no, no. The, the, uh, look maxim fhm these magazines existed to capitalize on uh the 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 pop tart uh, 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 after effect of Britney Spears and, and in, in, in watching the Britney Spears documentary again, you know, it really talks about how she was very, she, she embraced, uh, th this, this youthful sexuality that made people uncomfortable, but really what it did was like you said, it titillated an audience of, of boys and girls. And so FHM and Maxim launched around this time. And the purpose of those magazines was to put starlets uh, of the time, whether it was Jennifer Love Hewitt um, or or Alyssa Milano, every, anyone who was on Charmed, they were all in in their sexy photo shoots. And Frank is reflecting that in in this. This is this is as much as I said the host girl and the TRL and the downtown Julie Brown. Um, he's he's having fun with this. I mean, the news of the world: Superman saving a a, a space shuttle from a giant you know uh, uh, crash. That that recalls Challenger for us, and 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 they're talking. The, the news in the nude girl <laughs> is talking to the astronauts post the save. Like it really has its tongue firmly in its cheek. There is a lot of social and political commentary that he's ramped up. That that he scratched the surface with in the first one, but Dark Knight Strikes Again like really hits it hard. And of course, then we get back to Ray Palmer, who has um, is is putting on his Adam costume. I believe he's in the Batcave and he's, uh, you know, kind of, we, we see him kind of go back through his paces and use his powers. Um, and then we segue again, what we, Frank cannot get enough of this news in the nude girl and, and more interviews with politicians uh, all the while, um, you know, S Superman is flying about. And then uh, another huge giant reveal in here, is uh is 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 the reveal of Lex Luthor, which I'll let you, you know, if if you want to grab this, go ahead. Otherwise, I, I can pick it up and take it. Um, oh no, I mean, it, I mean, it's created like you know, again, his his depiction of uh, of Luthor is you know he's the one who who's in charge. He's the one who's supposedly pulling the strings, but again, he he's looks like he's he's the president, and he looks like like one of these creepy characters from 300 yes he, he's hunchback you know, he depicts luther as, as he doesn't he can't he can't fit into his his suit um but yeah he's you know he is you know he's the one who's pulling the strings he's the one who's and in that and that is the re reveal okay so of course but i i also i mean i want to go back actually for one moment on the superman depiction it seems like frank miller is so he is so, I guess, cynical over Superman. Like, like whereas he was an author, you know, authoritarian dick in um, 
in in Dark Knight uh, Returns. Here, it's like it's almost the gestures are fantastic, but it's like you see Superman all in blacks. His faces are always in shadows. He's not the shining, you know, the shining, you know, um, uh, you know, character of, of light, you know, that you would see from, you know, like the Superman Christopher Reeves movie. You know, again, it's because he's on the side of darkness. He's depicted as as a character of darkness. And and again, it gets down to the the, the also the artistic representation in this book, uh, the underground feeling to Frank's actual lines. They're energetic, but they're very thick and crusty, and they're not refined. And there's no and and, and the polish is minimal, but the gestures are fantastic, and the page design and the splashy images. But he's got this very underground approach. Again, Lex Luthor is the president of the United States, hunchbacked, weird, this great quote he has here, freedom of speech is a wonderful thing, dot, 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 so long as nobody's listening. We pivot from there. Like you said, we're on a fast track in the DC universe in this Dark Knight Strikes Again depiction, and we are with the question. And he has got the question jumping off buildings like Daredevil with his trench coat acting like a cape. And uh, and the question is definitely um, kind of a, a, a new narrator and, and has a narrative that he's carrying as he's kind of become this, uh, th- th- this, this investigative force in the book. But before you know it, like you said, we are hit with the Bat Boys, another advancement of a concept he introduced in Dark Knight, which were the sons of the Batman and, and this gang that were then subservient to Batman after he defeated their leader, snapped his neck, I believe, um, in like Mortal Kombat in the mud but now they are this vigilante group, and and uh, Carrie Kelly is 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 leading them, and and we see her in another cat suit. Not that she's one. She, she is in. I mean, and I do think that, she, you know, he plays up the fun aspect that she's, you know, you know, she is a, you know, she's a young girl, so she, of course she's going to change her costumes all all the time. I mean, it's like she does that throughout the series, you know, just like you wouldn't wear, you know, you wouldn't. You know, you know, you you have teenagers that you know, you know, boys and girls, where they don't wear the same outfit two times in a row. Oh no, I, I, it's it's been an inspiration of mine since I read the Avengers with Janet uh, Van Dyne, Van, uh, Janet Pym, um, Wasp never wore the same costume twice for about six years. Whether George Perez or John Byrne were taking their swings, they it's almost like they wanted to compete. And, and show a new costume, a gold costume, a red and yellow costume, a red and black and white costume, uh, a costume with a skirt, costume with leggings. I mean, so I, I dig it. I dig this approach. Um, it's not long uh, before uh, we're introduced to the Flash. He has a new design for the Flash. He's in kind of these sports shorts. Um, I like it. It's all black. It's, 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 it's cool graphic. Again, I, we, you and I completely love uh, the, the graphics of this book. But I mean, I mean, I, and I, it's just, it's like I flipped through this and I'm like, man, Ray Palmer has so many great gestures of going from big to, you know, big to small, you know, like, uh, you know, kicking across the page, you know, whether it's Flash scooping up Carrie Kelly, you know, um, you know, running, you know, running away from, you know, from right. the lanterns. I mean, it's like I'm flipping through this and it's like it is a whirlwind tour of the DC universe, just yeah. like how. In Dark Knight One, we love seeing like this little bit of you know these little bit of of, of character bits like you know like the gr- like Green Arrow that you mentioned. It's like oh no, he's going to 
you know, you know, Shazam and he's going to Green Lantern and he's going to Flash. And yeah, he's so, going so, so the, and the way he depicts Green Lantern is interesting. He's very Silver Age. As advanced as he has made Flash look in giving him this 2000 uh, suit upgrade and different suits that he's given Carrie Kelly and the Bat Boys who are like, like this teenage Batman gang. He literally, Hal Jordan is right off any Silver Age cover. Um, which gives a strong, strong Boy Scout vibe. You mentioned Shazam, who is an elderly-looking man wearing spectacles in this. Um, but we get this warrior version of Wonder Woman, which is, again, because he's Frank Miller, he is queuing up how she's going to be depicted for the next 20 years. The, this version of her, the, 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 the new takes that he um, depicts her with her tiara, it's all very 300 Spartan warrior-esque. Uh, the, the 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 different um, Amazonian she like, approach. She looks like Leonidas's queen. I mean, yeah. that that's the vibe that I have from her. Again, these these visuals are great. The bottom line, as we approach the end of this, so obviously you've got the sons of you've got the the Bat Boys, you've got Carrie Kelly. That there's they're a little bit of a, you know, now an army of vigilantes. And so what what I said earlier, how how Frank really wants to pick up where he left off and hit those notes hard. And, and uh, he, he knows what we want. You know, I read a thing about Borat, the sequel, from a guy who rewatched it after the nominations because he got a bunch of Oscar nods this last week. And the guy goes, the genius of the Borat sequel is that in the first 10 minutes, they give you all of the phrases from the first movie. They have him say it. They have him embrace it. Everything you're waiting for, he gets it right out of the way. He hits all of them on the nose. So you, you, it kind of tickles you satisfies you so you're ready for wherever Borat goes from here on out. And I went, wow, that, that is true. He, he, Sasha Baron Cohen goes, I know what my audience wants out of Borat. So I'm going to give it to him in the first 10, 15 minutes so that they're, they're, they're satiated. And now we go on this new journey and take him on new adventures. And I think with, with this, Frank Miller does the same thing. He knows that we want Superman versus Batman, that that was the marquee matchup. So by the end of the first issue, Superman is attacking the Batcave. And uh, once again, we get an all-new line of defense that Batman has for Superman. And whether it's the uh, – and, and Flash is in on it. And, uh, you know, now, of course, because everybody has bionic arms in, in the 90s, Green Arrow has a replacement bionic arm. Flash uh, litters Superman with sonic – discs that all go off and disorient him and again they've disoriented superman the the kryptonite arrow was fired once again by green arrow i mean we are hitting some of these familiar dark knight four the the climax notes and then out of the blue now comes batman who throttles uh superman just beats the snot out of him again kryptonite gloves giant mecha manga gloves um yeah, uh, we're we're not talking about like, hey, a kryptonite ring or anything like that. We're talking about he has these huge gauntlets. So 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 by the end of the first Dark Knight, we have you know reset the world, expanded it. He's covering everybody in the DC universe, but it still comes down to Batman versus Superman right now, and these opposing uh, you know viewpoints. And the last page. Of issue one is again Batman standing over Batman saying, "Get out of my cave!" And it's great; it's got a little bit of humor in it. But we can't. I, I'm going to tell you the pre, because we're going to follow a pattern here. 
that Dark Knight, uh, the last issue of Dark Knight, because this this is three issues, and they, and they're they're bigger than forty eight pages. These these are these are giant sixty plus page issues. Um, but there's a giant gap between issues two and three because nine eleven happened, and Frank has himself said it took a different turn. But before we get there, issue two is completely defined by the giant super sex scene, right? I, I as as big of as big as all the ideas that Frank injects into his work, this one really resonated with me, and they scratched on it. That, that Superman and Wonder Woman were, were attracted in this opening issue, but th there is—I mean, what do, what do, what do you think? Is it, is it? You know, I'm—I'm going to open it. If you—if you've heard pages during this, obviously, I've got two different editions of Dark Knight that I'm—the the, the the black and white noir, and then this hardcover collection that I'm flipping through. So forgive me if you hear the pages, but I'm—I'm uh, going I'm to see how many pages is this sex scene with Wonder Woman? Because uh, I mean, don't you remember that was a like that—that that was a big deal. Yeah, no, this was okay. This was huge. I mean, super sex. Uh, it's super sex, but I mean, and I think I think it's also framed that I mean, you talked about it earlier with issue number two. They open up with the you know with the uh, Superman sign on the girls on the girls bum bum, and you know with uh, superhero chic. How far will it go? And I think it's like those images set the tone for what was happening in in the second issue. And that super sex scene was, I mean, we're talking one, two, three. I mean, it's 10 pages. They're, they're, pages. They're, I mean, it's like what I do think is interesting is like, you know, they start brawling each other and that's their foreplay. I mean, it's 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 not the healthiest, you know, it's not the healthiest. But then again, these are superheroes, you know, like they are gods and titans, you know, as as you have mentioned before in describing the DC universe. So it's like it's 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 incredibly visceral and these are so, physical so, so, and, they, and they've and they've made these as these are physical beings so clearly frank is wanting to depict i mean they so their sex as depicted by frank which again they take each other after beating each other up because they're kind of annoyed with each other but clearly have this giant attraction superman is is dealing with the humiliation that batman just pummeled him again because it opens with the Batman sequence after the 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 you know political stuff, and another Batman heist, and uh, and and then Wonder Woman comes to find Superman who's humiliated. He's been beaten by a pulp, and then they kind of you know talk smack to each other. They knock each other around, like you said, and then they smash glaciers. They literally move mountains, um, and and then they're 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 totally you know consummating their love inside in. The, in the in the whip of Superman's uh, cape, they cause a tidal wave that turns over an oil an oil tanker, and and all of the planes are falling off of it. Frank is having fun with this. There is a a volcano that that goes off um, during the course of this. Yeah, uh, like, and then they're at the bottom of the ocean, you know, which is why, of course, the the tidal wave and the volcano happen. He he really has fun with this. It's it's he's definitely really um, enjoying just leaning hard into this. And again, you don't do this without the go-ahead of um the big dogs at 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 Warner Brothers in DC that say, yeah, let him let him rip. And and he's like, I want a 10 page sex scene with with your two biggest icons and uh and I and I want most of it in splash pages. And uh it works. 
its signature. It, it is to me the the, the signature kind of you've always wondered what super sex would be depicted by. And Frank's like, well, I'm going to show you. And uh, and it's great. I, I think it's worth the price of admission. Uh, I, I think I think it's really it's really fun and, and expressive. And and uh, it, again, to me, is the marquee moment of the the second issue. But, you know, like we said, during the the, the, the shipping of this book, 9-11 happens. And you can see it reflected in the third issue, which is really dark. Um, and, and, uh, and, and, and I mean, you've got twisted metal, I mean, you've got Shazam barely holding up a fallen skyscraper. I mean, the imagery clearly, the, the, not the imagery, the, the, the actual 9-11 affected everybody. And it clearly rocked Frank, who was living in New York at the time. You know, it, like to me, it's it's also it's it's interesting. Is that, I mean, these 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 this body of work happens, you know, I mean, for the better part of a decade before Frank Miller ended up doing his his Holy Terror um, book, um, which I mean, we could talk about more at, at another break. But I mean, Holy Terror started out as another like Dark Knight, like another Dark Knight sequel, and it is is was, was extremely controversial. And it seemed like that had more, like that has more anger in it. So pre 9-11, it seems like like Frank is having fun with with superheroes and what do superheroes mean and like let's play with all the toys and let you know I'm gonna you know I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a blast with all the DC toys, and I you know I think at that point after 9-11, it's uh he has a hard he has a harder time winding this up winding you know winding you know his is you know the dk2 story out because i think that he has you know all these other notions of what you know how batman would react and that's and i think that's what makes it it's it's way out into holy terror sorry for the sorry for that uh, and holy terror was it was a book that is that is no longer batman it was published by dark horse in you know i want to say like 2009 2010 uh but it was announced in 2006 as another Batman story. Um, but it seems like, like that nine 11, uh, you know, that gap for nine 11 definitely gave, you know, flooded Frank with, with a lot more emotions as, as all of us, but as a, as a creator of, again, how is he going to finish the story versus, you know, versus how he started. And just as a story overview, the first two issues, the world that we're living in, it's the entire Justice League that is now working for the government, not just Superman, who is working for Reagan. Reagan's no longer the president. Lex Luthor is the president, but he is projected as a a, a computer image called President Rickard. And uh, because Lex and Brainiac, and, and Frank has a very interesting, depicted in the first issue uh, depiction, he has a very interesting graphic of how he depicts Brainiac. Again, he's he's... Frank never rests. He's always pushing the envelope. It's very cool looking visual, but Lex and Brainiac are in cahoots. They're controlling, you know, they're the puppet masters. So, so really you've got these Superman villains that are driving the narrative in Dark Knight uh, Strikes Again, not really Batman villains. And uh, although we'll, we'll, we'll see them, but um, I, I just, uh, you know, um, the, the 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 thing with Superman and Wonder Woman is a precursor to the fact that um, 
that they have a kid. And, 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 and I was going to say that, big deal. sorry, go on. No, you go. No, it just seems like also it's like you're, you're right. These, these, these villains, you know, these villains that are pulling the strings, it's like they've leveraged a number of different justice league heroes. They've leveraged them one way or another to do all their dirty work for them. And, and again, I mean, maybe that's a, a statement by Frank. It's like, you know, like, are, you know, like what do heroes do? Do they stand up to authority? Do they, do they take an easier road? Do they take a harder road? And, and I think that Frank since dark Knight, has that, has that major issue of, you know, is, is the ruling class, are they, you know, are they morally worthy of the superheroes? And and whether it's Dark Knight and the original Dark Knight, where Superman is is actively working for a very shady Ronald Reagan, in, you know, in his in his universe, or is you know the you know these superheroes are being leveraged, you know, because they have you know they're being leveraged by you know by the you know, you know, by the, so by in the keeping with the overall, in keeping with the overall plot line, uh, uh, the, 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 the bad guys, the Superman bad guys have satellites, Luther really in a Thanos type of scenario wants to, um, limit the world's population. He wants to cut out half the people. He wants to, you know, uh, limit the world's population and leave it more manageable for him to control. And 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 in this, by by achieving this with these the satellite technology that's been aided by Brainiac, um, this is what creates a lot of the carnage that is depicted as 9/11 uh, aftermath by Frank. The Batman, the key part of the Batman role in this is he allows himself to get captured and tortured to uh, to learn of of the depths of their plans, so that obviously that they can you know they can undo them, and uh, and and and. Really, again, the end game here is Frank really wants to introduce the offspring of Wonder Woman and Superman because they had a kid in all these years. And this is Laura. And she once he introduces her, he does not want to let her go. He really loves depicting her. Um, she's got tons of bounce. She's super powerful. He loves drawing her. She's a key figure that figures into the 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 all important third act. But again, the 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 as you've stated i mean all of this really we really have a superman wonder woman story on our hands with batman as more of a side component this time around but i mean again as an artist when you want to um in my career as an artist when you get carried away with something and you want to depict it you look to extend the sequence by making double page splashes splashes and again so these you know luther launches his attack he wants to limit the population have a more manageable situation and 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 using brainiac ships and the satellites suddenly you know we're, we're introduced to the aftermath of this tons of clearly um like radioactive dust and soot um all, again this this double pager which really captain marvel takes up about six inches of what's ultimately you know, uh, a 22 by 17 canvas on an original, but it's this, this building that he's barely holding up and, and you can feel the emotion here, just like Frank took time and, and, and there was a gap in the original where, where he wanted to shift the narrative to maybe to reflect some of the sensibilities 
Allen was 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 playing with in Watchmen. 9-11 completely changes the end of Dark Knight Strikes Again. I mean, I am looking at page after page of elongated, uh, extended depiction of carnage, aftermath, twisted metal. I mean, this one splash page is basically a silhouette of the twisted metal from the twin, the the, the site of, of, you know, the two towers. And, and, and um, you know, you've got Lara flying among it. And then there's Superman who's emerging from it. And, 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 and again, it's just, it's just really interesting because I'm in it for the art. I said today, you know, somebody, somebody on, on, on social media said, wow, I've, I've never really thought about it like that, but I'm the same. I follow talent. I don't follow, I don't follow characters. I followed Frank Miller's entire career. I, I wasn't really into crime noir, but I was when he did it and bought a decade's worth of Sin Cities. I, I didn't know how badly I needed the Spartans in my life until he depicted them. So when he takes this break between issues two and three and then comes back with this 9-11 uh, imagery, and, and again, he's got New York with these giant, billowing, dusty, soot-ridden clouds. I mean, th this is Frank working through his emotions of what he um, witnessed with with 9-11, just like we all did. So when this book comes out, it has a it really has a different resonance. And uh, I, I just want I, I'm, I'm curious if, if you remember, you know, how, how you received this, uh, given that, that it really kind of took a very dark turn. No, it just it's just I, I remember the gap and then I remember the the again i think just our lives were just so dominated by by 9-11 that it's like i don't think even as a reader as a you know as a reader as a fan whatever that we can really truly shake off uh, like i'll give you an example i watched um last chance you on netflix they did basketball this season and they're re they're deep they're they're replaying last season's junior college basketball season in los angeles in their season, their season, uh, you know, they run up and, you know, up until the end of, of COVID and the, the everything being canceled. And that brought up a lot of emotions for my brother and I, who were just watching a, a TV show about, high, you know, high, uh, junior college kids, 19 year olds playing basketball. And this brought up a ton of emotions just in our own baggage, in our own life. And I do think that is, I think that's what was going on a lot in comics at this time that you know with a lot of just arts it's like it's like it, it was very hard to shake and and so it's just it's like again this wasn't necessarily 9-11 wasn't the the story that we started the 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 dk you know the dk journey with but it certainly ended there because i think it's like all, all roads all roads ended at 9-11 and i mean it's just and that was a that just dominated, you know, just, you know, all of our psyche. So, you know, that's what I remember about it. I, I know, I know, and, and we'll do it on another podcast about how my, we've talked a lot, how 9-11 impacted the comic and, industry and, 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 and how Marvel and DC responded. And this was the unexpected response. Was it Frank put so much of his emotion, again, in the torture scene, when Batman, you know, knows that he's got to get in there and, 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 and get Luther to tell him, you know, um, you know, the, the plan and, 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 and is tortured and his teeth are being pulled out and, uh, and Batman is really getting worked over. And, and, uh, you know, Luther says Metropolis 
uh, will, will cease to exist in 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 uh, in ten minutes from now. It's over, and 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 he and Brainiac are going to you know continue this catastrophic extinction level uh, event that they're going to pull off, which has pulled into again circling back to what Frank did with the series is he widened the scope uh, in the same way that Snyder. Zack Snyder gave one of my favorite depictions of Superman and then suddenly built it out with Batman Superman adding Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, and then Justice League. You got everything. You got Cyborg, you got Jason Momoa as, you know, Aquaman and the best depiction of Aquaman, um, which people forget that's the first time we saw him. You know, Zack cast him and put Aquaman in there. Ray Fisher is Cyborg, Ezra Miller is Flash. So he built it out. Frank builds out the DC Universe here. I mean, you get Big Barda. You get you get a kick-ass version of Hawkman. I mean, like as savage and cool as Hawkman has ever looked. Like I said, but even till the end, his Green Lantern is pure Boy Scout, pure Boy Scout, Silver Age. It, it's it's very interesting how he depicts him. But um, it's a pretty quick wrap up because I think Frank needed to work all this again. There's lots of double pages of carnage and 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 devastated cities and soot and ash and um. You know, they, they obviously the 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 good guys prevail, and we've established this new spinoff. Just like Carrie Kelly was the new kind of flavor, uh, the, the 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 new character that that Frank was so fond to to build up. Lara and Superman end this looking down at Earth, and uh, and Superman says, "What exactly shall we do with this planet?" And uh, and you know what? It ends with a very cynical Batman, you know, on painkillers, post being tortured, and uh, and and talking uh, about before, you know, bef before he was old and, and and sentimental, and and that's how it ends. It's 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 not as focused. I think it's safe to say Dark Knight Strikes Again is not as focused as Dark Knight, but I don't think for me it doesn't harm it. Um, I liked how wild um, the story is from from Ray Palmer. As, as we hit on to the depictions of kind of a grandpa-esque Captain Marvel Shazam to the evolution of Carrie Kelly and then the introduction of Laura. And I honestly believe that, you know, he really wanted us to understand that Laura is, uh, you know, is kind of the new flavor. And we aren't doing Dark Knight 3, but we both know that she's a featured player in the sequel he would do, what, 10, 10 or 10 plus years later. But it, it was all about setting up this daughter that they didn't want anybody to know about. Um, and, and and she's ridiculously powerful. I mean, obviously, the offspring of Wonder Woman and Superman would be ridiculously powerful. So did you like Laura? I, I, I absolutely did. No, she was she was super cool. Um, I mean, I like I mean, he you know, the gestures and, and everything that 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 he put into it. Um I mean, in the future, I, I would like to 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 go into not not necessarily DK three. I didn't find that as as interesting, nearly as interesting as as DK two, because this was wild. I think that's exactly how to describe it. But in DK three, just as you know, as a as a, as an itch is those those Frank Miller uh, ash can inserts. That's to me that that was worth the price of admission. But on DK on DK three, I think it was. It, it def, excuse me, DK2, excuse me, DK2, Dark Knight Strikes Again, it is, um, 
it is it is fast and loose and it just seems like frank is getting through and working through and trying to you know string together all these great sequences and and to me that is what the i guess the function of the the overall arc is you know is how do we get you know you know how you know how do we hang all these great action sequencing and and political you know barbs in you know in a you know in one story and i think the story is more of of you know that's that's not as important as each of these sequences that that's how i look at it now does it does it work it absolutely works but it works because based on the strength of those um you know of those you know skits is not i guess a, a right you know is a right word but those sequences you know like to me are just again mind blowing the uh um it, it uh, am i correct in that like i mean issue 3 of of dk3 uh i think was like 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 five months after issue two, uh, you know. It, it, I, I think I think it was even longer. I mean, without looking it up, I think it was. I mean, I, I just remember being it like it came out forever later, forever later. Yeah. So I mean, and and I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think the audience, you know, I, I don't think it, it's interesting to think of 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 how the audience followed it. Um, it it's a uh, at the end of issue and what was also the contemporary comics too at the time, what I do think is, is pretty cool is at the very end of dark Knight strikes again, issue number one, you know, Batman says, it says, you know, I'm done talking, you know, get out of my cave, uh, which definitely had, had this humor edge to it. But I think it's also, you know, Frank, you know, Frank is seeing that, you know, we're seeing more talking heads comics, you know, come out, you know, at this time. I mean, what is, you know, what, you know, the market is going for is this, you know, decompressed storytelling is starting up right when, right when um, Dark Knight Strikes Again comes out. And to me, this is like the, you know, this is the last like, like middle finger to, to, you know, I'm not into talking heads comics. This is a, this is a superhero romp. Oh yeah, you know that's right. That's a great point. It's you either get it or you don't get it. But this no, is a, I, I'm with you. You and you and I have always been aligned in this. I just checked. So 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 January of 2002 was issue two, and July of of 2002 was issue three. Issue one was already in the can. He was finishing up issue two when 9/11 hits, um, and 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 then we you know got that six month break because I think. It affected. I mean, Frank has been open. It affected him. It affected the way he 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 altered the ending, and and it affected him emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Uh, the, the one thing I want to wrap with on, on so a lot of the reception of this book had to do with the artwork and how drastically his art changed, and how the, and the coloring. And we will never know what was the approach. It was supposed to be. You heard. I'm not sure he said it. I don't think he ever said it. I don't think Frank said it. I don't think Lynn said it. But the idea that the the, the that she colored this on a computer and, and there was a story that, well, she didn't really know how to color on the computer. That's why it looks so um, inconsistent. I think inconsistent is the strongest word we can use. Um, this is also coming out of a period where after 10 years, computer color guys were really strutting with amazingly painterly effects, Photoshop. I mean, 
wh whether it was whether it was li liquid or, or whomever was at the top of the color food chain, the depth of color and textures. Um, and, and, and then this comes out and it's nothing like the painted cell painted quality of Dark Knight. Um, Frank's line art is really well represented in this Batman noir. And when you look at Dark Knight Strikes Again in black and white, it is as bold and as graphic as in a, any of the Sin Cities. I've, I've had people say that they think the reception would be different. And, and I'm telling you, when you look at the book in black and white, it is a 100% different product. Um, it, 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 the, the color choices, in contrast to this nor, nor issue, you really do see how the color is jarring in some instances. It, you, you, it, people, it, what, we were, what I was going to say, and I know you heard the same thing, people said, oh, it was colored as a parody because everyone was hung up on computer color. They wanted to make a statement on computer color. I'm not sold on that. I'll be honest. I'm not sold on it. I'm sold on the fact that maybe she's learning Photoshop and 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 because the because the everything's a lot better in the third issue. It's still Lynn Varley on a computer, but the textures, the tones, I really do believe she was like, well, we have to do this on a computer. It, that that's because she had just come off of 300, which was again just like Dark Knight. This amazing painterly her her paintings underneath Frank's line are are. I mean, they sell separately. She well, sells those on a different. I mean, like put it this way: Electra strikes again, or uh, Electra, Electra lives again. Excuse me, Dark Knight strikes again. Electra lives again. Yeah. To me, is the the most amazing color use of color in any, you know, in I any comic I, of all time. That 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 is that is. I I am remiss that I did not mention that. But so so the way it looked bothered people. I've had other peers just bite my head off. I won't say who they are. Um, other peers who have opened the book up to certain sequences and said, look at this, look at how, and then they use a lot of um, not very nice adjectives and, and ways that they describe how it looks. And, and I'm like you, Jimmy, you either get or you don't. And I'm like, I think that's badass. What, what really pops out to me there is the form. It's the form. And it's, and, and a couple of the guys who I've talked to about this, who really beat me up over my favor of this. They're guys who are considered kind of cheaters by other artists in regards to, they use a lot of a lot of heavy blacks and shadows. And, and maybe when the, the lid of the car is lifted up, they don't draw every piston. They cast a giant shadow from the hood of the back, back cave over this, you know, blob image. And in and, and the dialogue, it's like, well, when are you going to fix the engine? But that doesn't look like any engine you and I see. And it's carefully shadowed out. And these are the same guys that go, oh, he's cheating. He's cheating. He, he, that, that Batmobile and that bat plane are, are, you know, childlike in their construction. But I don't give, I don't give a crap. Like we've already talked. No, I, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I think Frank has evolved in that he is, you know, he's a complete cartoon. He is embraced the cartoonist you know, aspect of, of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had, I had a very well-known colorist tell me that Lynn Varley doesn't know how to color and, you know, and how, I mean, like, like she is a disgrace. And I mean, and to me, it's heartbreaking because I'm like, it seems like Frank, it seems like Frank and Lynn have the amount of control over the page count over, 
anything that they want to do with the characters, they are perfectly cool with this book going out the the way that it is, you know, the way that it is, the way that it looks. Well, he got director's cut. I mean, again, no matter what we think, he got final say. No oh. one's going to call up Frank Miller and tell him different. So you and I both know that whatever we got, he said, good, this is going out the door. I like the way this is. I like what how this is presented. And you and I, and 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 I know people who adore this work. I know that there are people when it was coming out, they got it. You said it. You either got it, you get it, or you don't. And there are there are always going to be people who stand on a, you know, on on a podium at a podium and 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 tell you what they believe is the criteria of a great comic. I have a really wide taste, as I as I know you do, as I know so many people who listen to the show do, who listen to the podcast. Um, th- this. No matter how Frank drew, whatever in underground instincts, Tony Millionaire, James Col- Colchaka, go look at that. Go look at those guys up. Paul Pope, he invoked Paul Pope too. That was the third guy. Paul Pope, Colchaka, Tony Millionaire. Frank was in a different headset and he was having fun. And there is so much commentary, not quite parody, but there's definitely cynical social commentary running throughout. But again, that, that if Frank Frazetta, drew over those gestures of Superman and Wonder Woman in their epic lovemaking session, they would be considered some of the finest renderings ever. And also over the the energy. I think I think other than Jack Kirby, nobody has more energetic, expressive gestures. I mean, I, Frank is a huge, massive influence on my work. I've never denied it. I've always embraced it. I love everything he does. So I love Dark Knight Strikes Again. That's where you and I are simpatico. I love all of the different depictions of the characters from Adam, Hawkman, Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman, the new character, Lara, you know, Amazonian-raised, Kryptonian-powered. I mean, he he was having a good time, and uh, I, I recommend it. I highly recommend it. I think you'll have a kick if you revisit it. If there's stuff in there that you don't like, we all know why you don't like it. It's not polished. It's not refined. It's very much an underground approach in comparison to everything he has done prior to this. He's bold. He's daring. He's fearless. That's my Frank Miller. That's why I love him. And that's why I love this book so much. No, Frank Frank is completely dangerous. And I, you know, And I think that he's not going to give you the same thing over and over and over again. And the people, and I think that there's an there's a there's a portion of the audience that that after that first issue came out and it was not, it did not look like Dark Knight, you know, the Dark Knight Returns, is that they rolled their eyes and went, you know, and completely it, it went over their head and they didn't see, I think, the brilliance of what it is. So I mean, once again, you either get it or you don't get it. Um, and we. And, and, and no, 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 for, for sure, we got it, and, and we are going to wrap. Uh, we, we, we did an extended deep dive into a – look, this was – I, I was reading the sales figures, 200,000, 177,000 units in 2001. This book moved giant units. It was released squarebound, same format, fatter, bigger, more, more pages. The $8 uh, cover, $8 cover yeah. price back then. $8. I mean, you know that was you know that was that was huge, and this was an era that wasn't pumped up by um, you know by the artificial um, retailer variants either. 
So like now with like with like DK3, you had literally 50 stores lining up to doing their own version of of uh, a store variant and taking anywhere between 3,000 and usually up to 5,000 books each. You know that will pump up that number. But but given the marketplace where in the amount of stores that the direct market stores that were around in the books that were ordered, I mean, a, a top charting book was about, you know, was was under 100,000 around this time. And so for this to sell twice that amount at about basically three times the cover price is so impressive. And and uh, and like you said, the, 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 the comics industry was trying to come out of a free fall. And uh, sell uh, the the final issue was 172,000 copies. First first one was 180,000 copies. 170. I mean, again, a six month gap between two and three. He took his time. He reconstructed the ending. Huge success. Everybody showed up. Everybody wanted to talk about it. Everybody had a copy in their hands. Um, we had a blast revisiting this. I can't believe it's 20 years old. That the first issue launched 20 years ago. Uh, Frank Miller revisited his most famous, most celebrated work. And for guys like you and I, we loved it. We loved it for all the reasons we've stated on this uh, podcast. Jimmy and I, it bonds us. We get it. Hopefully you get it. And you should go get it if you don't get it to see if you get it at all. Um, I am on Twitter at Robert Leifeld. Full name, didn't get the Rob Leifeld. <laughs> On Instagram, I'm at Rob Liefeld. I got that name. I was able to secure that early enough. My wife said, you should get on this platform. I did. So there you go. I'm on Facebook. I'm all over social media. I love talking to you guys. I love hanging out with you guys. I love your feedback. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for recommending. Um, continue to build the word of mouth. We are having a blast on this podcast. The feedback I'm getting from you guys is, is fantastic. I started doing store signings again, very you know social distance. Uh, you know, uh, uh, mitigation, the whole thing. But the one thing that everyone, uh, I was in Texas, it was a five hour signing. And the one thing it just, I, I kept getting from everyone is how much they're enjoying the podcast. I love it. I love doing it with you. I love having Jimmy on. I love, I love uh, jamming with Jimmy on this show and, 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 and going over uh, different instincts, different criteria, the stuff that we dig. And Jimmy, you are going to tell people right now where they can catch you. Catch me on uh, catch me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Amazing Comic Con. All spelled out, no funky spellings. Amazing Comic Con. Well, fantastic, Jimmy. Thanks for hanging with me, everybody. We uh, just appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, going down this path. If you can get your hands on on Dark Knight Strikes Again, the the Batman Noir Black and White Edition, it'll blow your mind. Um, I, I would love to own a page from 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 this run. Uh, I, Frank stuff doesn't come up often, man. I would jump on one of these in a heartbeat. Uh, I, I got the new Heritage catalog uh, today in the mail, and I was hoping against hope <laughs> that that one would be in there. One was not. This stuff is in deep lockdown in somebody's uh, vault. It may be Frank's vault or or whomever else has shared those pages. Um, you guys, thanks for taking the time. You know the drill. You're going to stay safe. Uh, you're you're going to be well, and you're going to take care of yourself, and we are going to talk again real soon.